The information provided in this show is intended for your general knowledge only and is not intended to be, nor is it, medical advice or a substitute for medical advice. If you have or suspect you have a specific medical condition or disease, please consult your health care provider. You are now listening to The Health Hero Show with Tim James. <laughs> What's up, health heroes? Tim James here, founder of ChemicalFreeBody.com and your host for the show that simplifies and demystifies how to live an energetic life with a flat belly. So if you're into a healthy gut and staying young, then this is the show for you. What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here with another exciting episode of the Health Hero Show. Today in the house, we have Doug Setter. He is a certified fitness instructor. That's what he's doing today. Um, he's a former paratrooper in the Canadian Army, jumping out of airplanes, uh, was a United Nations peacekeeper, military instructor, and a kickboxing champion age 40. We're definitely going to have to get into that, how that story happened. He holds a Bachelor of Human Ecology in Foods and Nutrition. He's run five full marathons, climbed Mount Rainier, and Doug is also the author of several books, including Flat Gut After 50, Fit Femme After 50, and Reduce Your Alcohol Craving. Doug, thanks for being here, brother. Thanks. <clears throat> thanks for having me, Tim. Awesome, dude. Awesome. So we just touched base yesterday. Um, I liked your story. And, um, you know, stick around to the end because there is a big confusion. A lot of people have trouble getting started on things. And we want to we want to dispel that today about how to get started. How do you get started changing your diet? How do you get started in an exercise program? How do you get started moving forward with you know, a relationship? Whatever it is, we're going to show you something that is so profound, but so simple. And a lot of people miss it. So we'll get into that. But Doug, let's but first, let's go back to, um, you know, I mean, you have quite the list of things that you've accomplished in your life. So uh, why don't you tell us your backstory and like how you ended up uh, becoming uh, a fitness instructor? Yeah, it, it's it was interesting. I I'm pretty sick as a kid all the time. I had all these allergies and and um, like I said, I had pneumonia three times before I was six. I grew up around a lot of heavy smokers. And later on in life, you was a high school student. I wasn't that athletic. And consequently, I was kind of the low man on, on the um, food chain. So I did find, I, I, I did some things. I learned to lift weights. But all these, all the supplements I took just made me sick. All the, the protein powders made me sick. So it was a big struggle. I found out I liked the military. I took a summer course one time. I got fitter stronger so i joined the military and then i'll never forget I, I was a morse code operator sitting there behind a desk and i i read an article about vitamins so i started taking these vitamins and and i i noticed i stopped uh drinking beer i just didn't feel like drinking beer anymore and i had better focus and i said well i'm getting out of here and i went on to uh became a, a radio operator and then eventually a paratrooper and then I joined the Army Reserves, and I still kept up the parachuting. And I became an instructor, but I, I overcame a lot of um, confidence problems with my same things I did with fitness and nutrition. I found I could, I felt better about myself. I felt stronger, fitter. And then I went back to school a couple times. I'm actually taking college now at age 63, and I've noticed many of the same things apply uh, to your health, to your your career, to just ordinary at your relationships. Um, so I, I really found the whole health and fitness thing just boosted so many, did so many good things to me. And consequently, I started teaching. It was funny. One day I, I, I did a, um, 
I was a referee at a kids martial arts a tournament. I used to teach kickboxing martial arts as well. And I was talking with the dads and he said, that, well, do you, do you do personal training? And I went, uh, yeah. And so I started training his wife. And then from her, she referred me to her doctor and who referred me to someone else. And I had a, a nice little group and it was fun. I really enjoyed it. I'd get up early, go to their place, train them or train them afterwards. I, uh, I found teaching kickboxing. I, I found a lot of people had a hard time learning the basics. So I, I combined it with music and aerobics. At the same time, Billy Blanks came out with his Taibo. And I found, wow, I started getting these classes and they were just booming and mostly women. And, but they're very coordinated. They had that, they're having a good time. And, and later on, some of them actually went to the kickboxing club and we taught them how to compete. And I've had uh, two students become police officers. Another one actually became a competitor. Uh, and they always tell me stories. Oh, they're at a bar. This happened, that happened. And they smack someone or they did something and you know, okay, well, good on you. Don't make it a habit, but good on you. Like, yeah. So it was very, it was very cool seeing people getting fitter, more confident, uh, doing things they normally wouldn't. And it was so cool that they had the springboard and they would go on. So I still, I, I still keep training people. I like it. Well, it, make, it kind of makes sense because, um, I mean, I kind of get that because when I was a little kid, I was like really little, like in seventh grade, I think I was like four foot seven. Wow. You know, and weighed 73 pounds. Jesus. <laughs> and then, yeah. yeah. And by my freshman year, I, I grew like I was five foot nine and, um, you know, weighed more. But um, and then I've I haven't grown an inch. I, I thought I was going to be like a 12 footer by the time I was right. a senior. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is going to be great. And then I just like that was it. But I did um, get stronger physically. But I understand what it's like when you're when you're little and people are picking on you and then you find your own way, it might be later in life or whatever, but you, you get, you build your body, which in turn builds confidence. You build that, that emotional confidence as well. Like, Hey, I mean, it's, it's not simple. I mean, it is simple, but it's not easy. You have to put in the work, but after a while it, it kind of, you get, you get it. Um, I don't know. It's kind of, you get addicted to feeling good and addicted to being strong and, and um, I've seen so many people um, with similar stories as yours where they were like super skinny and low confidence. And then through through fitness and nutrition and stuff, doing it the right way, they're able to get their health back. And you can't even tell. I mean, you can't you wouldn't know that they were like skinny and they had, you know, uh, like societal issues or, you know, connecting with other people issues. They were really introverts. Now they're extroverted. You know, it was, it was like that inside of them the whole time, but through, through that challenge of overcoming their physical limitations and becoming stronger, they really um, became stronger as a person, as a whole. Do you agree with that? Oh, definitely. Definitely. And, and you just biochemically, you're, you're more, I think you're more, uh, you're better. You function better. You act better. I mean, I asked a friend of mine who is, uh, he's a second degree black belt in Aikido and he was saying, no, he's a self-defense it's or exercise is so much so important as part of self-defense being fit is so much important and it's true because you project differently you look more confident and and generally if he can speak and people don't want to bother on someone's someone who's going to fight back if you will yeah well They're you even hurt. see it sometimes where there'll be a professional fighter that you know like tyson is an example where he just you know, he's just like a wrecking ball, you know, he's just, it's oh. an execution, everybody he's going to fight. And then all of a sudden, you know, 
through like drug use and different things that he went through in his life and struggles. Um, you know, he probably, he came to a couple fights, probably not tuned up as he should have been. And then that's when he ended up, you know, losing those fights. Yeah, definitely. The, the conditioning wasn't there. No. So, you know, we, we, we're trying to get to a, we're trying to over here at our, our podcast, we're trying to help people improve their health, improve their gut health and actually raise consciousness and hopefully get to a point in life where, you know, we don't have to fight anybody. We don't have to shoot anybody, you know, but we want to just be strong physically because we realize that the body we've been given is a gift. And this is the vehicle that's going to take us through this life experience. And life is just much better when you wake up and feel good and you feel oh, strong and you feel confident. Exactly. When you roll out of the bed, touch the floor and hit the ground running. I mean, that's great. I used to teach these uh, uh, military courses and I loved it. Like f I was wide awake, I wide awake and because I had a purpose and it was to train these recruits. And why wouldn't you look after your, you know, like it says, a gift, your body. Like I remember this one guy gave me a hard time. He put all his money into his car and he made fun of my car, but he was always kind of desperate. Oh, I, you know, he's lucky I didn't beat him up. I, I took him in the hallway <laughs> one time and <laughs> kind of let him know who the alpha dog was, but uh, you know, like why would you pour all that effort and money into your car, but not put the same, uh, you know, fracture that into your body. Cause guess what gets you around? You know, yeah. and, and, and as a guy, I, I think it's my duty. I, I have to, I have to earn a living. I got to go out there and help you. I got to be able to, like yesterday, I was working, I did, I was doing some work with a friend and he had all his equipment broke down. So there we are doing slinging uh, sledgehammers by hand because we had to put a rail back on because the train was coming in the morning, right? Mm -hmm. It would have been an hour job. But there we are, sledgehammers at night. And I thought, yeah, I'm glad we can do this because I tell you, your average person couldn't. Maybe yeah, they think about it. Are those listening, like what, you had to put some a railroad track back in place? Yeah. <laughs> I know. He's a client. He goes, Hey, you want to give me a hand tomorrow? I got this few. Oh yeah, whatever. Sure. I thought I had I had the whole actually afternoon booked off. I said, okay, yeah, this should be fine being outside. And he had the equipment going along and <clears throat> and it's really neat stuff. He could pull out the 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 you know the spikes with this machine. So what is this guy? Is he an independent contractor for the railroad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He runs okay. his own. Yeah, he's one of my clients. And, and it was funny because everything was just moving along nice and smooth. And then the truck died and the hydraulics died. And he says, well, you know, we have to use this piece of track tomorrow. And oh, my gosh. So we had to lay into it. So you you, you just became John Henry then? Over Pretty well. I was funny. I was thinking of John Henry. Jesus, <laughs> what would John do in a, a situation like this? But I was actually thinking that. And uh, yeah, I got to work on my forums a bit, but I remember just, just laying into it and yeah, I was surprised. This, this, this might date me a little bit, but I was a little kid. My mom and dad had a record player and it was like huge. Sure. Like, you know, a <laughs> massive box. Right. And it was like, and there's a little record player there and we're playing. And one of their uh, um, records that I listened to was the Smothers Brothers. I don't know if you know those guys. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. I remember them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And Tommy was always goofing off and stuff like yeah. that. But they had a song called John Henry and they, you know, they always made, it was their, their comedians. Right. So they, yeah, would, yeah, I remember they them. Would yeah. Sing and they would sing and play guitar and do, you know, they would sing. They were good. They were good musicians, obviously, and singers, yeah. but then they would goof off in between the songs and they, but they, their songs were really good, but they were just goofing off in the middle of them. One of them was John Henry. And I remember vividly like 
I mean, I could probably almost sing the whole thing from memory. I'm just trying to pull it out of my memory banks down, cut to the chase. But so John Henry, for those of you who don't, aren't familiar with this story, was this guy that worked on the railroad and he could drive steel faster than any 10 men. That was the story, right? This guy was yeah. a stud. He could just drive that, drive those uh, steel spikes down. And they were putting a lot of railroad in. Well, they had developed a steam engine. And right. the steam engine was there to, to, um, drive those stakes in and they said this is going to replace men driving in the stakes well all these uh steel driving workers were at the, losing the prospect of losing their job if this so there was a showdown between john henry and the yeah. steam engine yeah. right and it was Him like and his buddy he had a buddy to hold this hold the hold the hold the uh, peg yep yep so they're out there and they're they're and then, then the, there's like the captain he holds up the gun and bang and then and then and then off they go. And I remember this mother's brother's like, God, how that song goes. Like the steam drill hammered on the left side and John Henry hammered on the right. The steam drill drilled 10 feet, John Henry only three. And then it hammered John Henry out of sight, Lord, Lord. Hammered John Henry out of sight. And then he lost that race. He lost that race. That's, that was the story that they said. And then, and then at the end, those guys were goofing around. And they said, when John Henry said to the captain, to the captain, well, by God, I ain't no fool. <laughs> Before I die with a hammer in my hands, I'm going to get me a steam drill too, Lord, Lord. Get me a steam drill too. Oh. So that was their version of the song or the, the story. I don't know what it was, but in your version, did John Henry beat the steam drill? He did. The, the, the story <laughs> I read, he beat it, but he dropped dead. He worked oh, himself yeah, to yeah. death. I think I, I think I remember that. He so, walked out and the sun hit him and he just boom. Yeah, two two different versions. So I guess the motto of the story is is drive a little steel, let the steam engine do the rest of it, and then go do some yoga. <laughs> Why not? Well, you know what? Think water. about it. That was hard, hard living. And that's that's what I learned out in the army. Man, when you jump, you know, out of an airplane in the wintertime, you hit the ground, you're all pumped up. Now you have to do the training. <clears throat> Yeah, you already hit the ground, and and I remember one time coming out. I don't know my boy, but I heard the guy screaming. Some guy broke a leg. Yeah, and you, and of course you're thinking, hope that it's not me. But just the the fitness was so important. And I remember guys passing out from hypothermia and stuff. But the fitness, be able to hit the ground, work, drag. You had to drag our equipment and toboggans, get in position, do our whatever our objective was, and then get out. And that that served me later on, because yeah. another good thing about fitness i took a different course of leadership training they really stick it to you but if you're fit you can think clear right and many people who are far better than me they're more academically better and they're better instructors and and they had all this experience but i i remember just not quitting and i could keep going and about the third day and i was eating everything too i'd eat my meal i just as much as i could but they were starting to pass out they were starting to flop down physically yeah, then the mind follows. Thank mind you. Follows. Exactly. Big time. Yeah, and so that follows the body for sure. <clears throat> yeah. So So I think I think what I was gonna say was is that um, well, number one, you're right, the impact from those uh from paratrooping jumping out of airplanes, it's hard. A Navy SEAL told me it's like it's very hard on the body. He had a lot of injuries from that. But um my whole point with that whole John Henry story was here, listen up, health heroes. Like, think about this. Here's Doug. He's 63 years old and he's driving in steel for just to helping, helping a client. Right. And you worked your ass off. And we, we talked before the show and you're like, I said, how are you feeling today? He's like, you know, surprising. I feel pretty damn good. So think about that. I mean, there are literally some people 
that are in nursing homes at age 63. And it's totally the environment. It's totally the environment. It's how you think. It's the inputs, the food you eat, what you're drinking, and that kind of yep. stuff. You can choose the environment to bathe your cells in and your life in. And you can choose the ones that are going to lift you up, raise your frequency, raise your immune system, or you can choose stuff over here that's going to lower your immune system, lower your frequency, and put you in the hospital and put you in nursing homes. It's a choice today. And unfortunately, it's buyer beware because you know the Food and Drug Administration obviously isn't really doing a lot of good. Otherwise, we would all be really healthy. Wouldn't that be the case? So anyway, we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to get more into the story of Doug Setter, somebody at 63 that's driving rail, <laughs> driving in the railroad uh, ties like John Henry. We'll be right back. The average person today is carrying around 6 to 12 pounds of impacted fecal material and mucoid plaque in the small and large intestine. That's gross, but worse, it's super unhealthy. That is why we created Gut Detox Formula. This ancient 1,000-year-old formula from India gently micro-cleanses the intestines, removing all of that funk and gunk and junk that is destroying your health while leaving your good bacteria behind, which is part of your immune system. The best part? It is super gentle, and there is no diarrhea like most gut detox products, and it's made with the same chemical-free body promise, no stimulants, 100% nature, and always made in the USA. Get yours today at chemicalfreebody.com. What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here. I'm back with my guest, Doug Setter. And uh, Doug was just kind of getting into his past, um, how he become to become a fitness instructor today. He was a former paratrooper in the Canadian Army. Um, and he was just telling us about how he was driving, driving railroad spikes um, at age 63 in the middle of the night to help a, a friend client. That was awesome, dude. You're, you're literally like John Henry. Okay. So if you'd like to be John Henry, keep listening, because again, at the end, we're going to give you, we're going to blow your mind on how you can take things that are difficult, make them simple and turning them into habits that'll change your life. Okay. So I want to know more about, um, uh, well, first off, you said, you, let's go to this. You went to, you were a United Nations peacekeeper. So you, did you travel abroad for that? Yeah, we went to, this is back in the nineties when Yugoslavia was having the problem, you know, you heard of Bosnia uh, and there was the whole country was breaking up. And so I thought this would be an opportunity. So I, I put my job on hold, went overseas. And yeah, you know, as a, a sergeant, infantry sergeant, you had to stay on top of your game. I had to stay fit and uh, deal with, with these two warring factions that, that wanted, they wanted to kill each other. They wanted to torture each other. It was, it was pretty, it was sad. And yet a lot of, there's a lot of humanity that I learned later on that, that made me really uh, change my perspective. But again, being a soldier out there, you had to be fit. You had to be on top of your game. And that I noticed the guys who always worked out, always stayed strong. They, they kept it together mentally better. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying they didn't have their problems later on, issues, but I noticed the ones that were slacking off, uh, chain smoking, really listless, they tended to have more problems. They, I think well, you one, brought that up twice now. The point yeah. is, we, we spoke about earlier is like when you take care of your body, you're also taking care of your mind. Yes. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and as a sergeant, okay. I'm setting the example, right? In the morning, I get up early before everyone else doing chin ups. I'm checking everything over. And, and later on, I had my, 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 you know, corporals and privates coming up to me and they say, yeah, well, how do I do this? How do I do that? And like they were, they're scared. They're not sure what to do. They're looking to you for, for guidance. 
And even if you're not the most confident guy in the room, you, you have to put out that, that uh, persona. You have to be able to be the leader. You know, you take the chances, you take the extra, extra work if you have to. So it was, um, that was a real good sign. I, I noticed, man, you show up fit too. These other guys are looking you over and they, they want to know if they can rely on you or not. So it was, it was very important. You're kind of like heartbreak Ridge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, John. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Old Clint, Clint Eastwood. Sorry. Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Clint Eastwood. It says adapt, improvise, overcome. Yeah. That's, that's true. Yeah, um, actually, yeah. our formulator, Dr. Scott Treadway, is a former Marine. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Really? Yeah. He's really cool. Yeah. And he's in his 70s and his skin looks like he's 35. Wow. Yeah. So, wow. and, you know, he's one of my mentors and I'm so happy to bring him on with our, our company at Chemical Free Body to actually have somebody that really understands nutrition <laughs> at, a, at a deep level. And he's actually, you know, he was actually raised um, or, or taught over in the Ayurvedic trend. He, it's really cool. He was supposed to be a medical doctor. His whole family wanted him to do that. So they right. sent him off, went to Cornell University. And after a while, he's like, to hell with this. This is not really going to help people. Like he literally knew that out on his own. Right. And then left, went to naturopathic school. And he said, mm, this isn't good enough for me. Gets on a plane and flies to India and studies under two lineages of apprenticeship. Thousands of years at these clinics where it's been, you know, father from great grandfather from great, 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 all the way down thousands of years passing down that knowledge. So these kids would start studying when they were 16. And by the time they were 24, they're smarter in medicine than than people, you know, like over here that have been a doctor for, for, you know, in their fifties. Wow. Teaching them how to do stuff and stuff like that, because they, they, they just learned what, you know, after 10,000 years of experimentation, they know what doesn't work, what does. Yeah. Just that simple. I mean, 10,000 years of documenting and writing and actually moving forward and not having any, you know, standard of care they have to follow written by a pharmaceutical company, just like actually trying to heal people like and using nature completely. And it was more than just like the medicines. It was like when you would go there, they would find out what your, your work life was like, or your, your family life and your relationships and find any holes there. They would, they would prescribe massage sometimes, or they might prescribe a certain type of yoga or a certain type of meditation certain type of tea or foods, not just the, you know, the herbal medicines that they would make up. That was just part of the component to all of it. And we've been trained over here in American Canada. It's like, oh, I've got a problem. Go see the doctor. He hands me a pill and I just go about doing what I was doing. I'll change nothing. And that that's going to be a solution that just doesn't work. Where in nature does any animal just go get a pill for their problem? They don't. You know, when horses get sick or animals get sick, watch dogs, example, they get sick. What do they do? Or cats, they go eat grass. Yeah. And then they throw up, right? Yeah. And they, they get it out. They know how to clean themselves out. They're doing a detox. They're smart. We're, we're the ones that are getting confused. Okay, so let's move forward. Um, I'm also curious. Um, tell me about your, how'd you get into kickboxing? Well, I, I did some martial arts, whatever, over the years, still judo, did some karate. And then one night uh, I was over in an army bar there. And I, I said the wrong thing and I got, I got slammed down. I kind of coming to me being young and, and whatever aggressive, but uh, I remember getting slammed down on the pavement and I, okay. And I thought, you know what, this ain't happened anymore. And I just started going just, that was it. I, I work, study, train, work, study, train. And, and I, I was very, very um, scared all the time I got in the ring. And I remember I finally went to a hypnotist, hypnotherapist. And I said, look, I'm punch shy. I can't, I can't seem to get my act together. And so she worked with me for a while. And uh, I got 
I just kept training to get more confident. And then one day a buddy of mine, he was up for a match and he, he dropped out the last second. He didn't want to do it. So I stepped up. I said, yeah, take me coach. And they're like, eh, you know, whatever. <clears throat> and I get up. Well, cause I was always kind of, you know, yeah. a little fun shy. So I get out there and we're in this, it's called the P and E Pacific national expedition out here in Vancouver. And there's like 600 people watching. And I remember getting in the ring, feeling a bit nervous. And from out of the crowd, there's a former high school bully yelling, kill a skinny wimp. Like, you know, like the timing couldn't have been worse. And, and so this I is went, the guy that bullied you in high school? Bullied me in high school. So here I am. Like that would have been the same, same tagline. You yeah, the time. same tagline. So here I am like six years later and the son of a gun still won't let it go. And <laughs> you know, I get rules. it. Yeah. Rules. Jesus. <laughs> Just, but so I had the pressure on and, and, uh, the guy was, uh, left-handed who I was up against. And I was like, Oh my gosh, <clears throat> I only like, what do I do? And so, <clears throat> so <clears throat> anyway, I got, I got the, uh, I got the upper hand and I put him down. It was, you know, when you're just full of adrenaline, I remember driving him as hard as I could with a roundhouse kick. Down he goes, gets up. I hit him again. Down he goes, stays down. Thank goodness. And I won. And it was like, wow. Like I didn't feel good about hurting him, but same. Was so that like a, is that the kickboxing? It was uh, full contact. Oh yeah. Yeah. Full contact. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that was, uh, that was, you know, that's, I want to be good at that, but that was so like, did you jump over the, the railing and go after you the bully? No, you know what? He came running up to me later, but I was on such a high. I, I should, he's like, Oh, blah, 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 blah. And I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine. I was just such a high. I didn't care. Yeah. But yeah. I should have, I should have taken him out somewhere and put him to, <laughs> you know, living the right, but just on this high, like my God, I won, you know, I thought, wow. And uh, okay, so you did kickboxing for a while. You end up becoming an instructor, and then at age forty, you became the kickboxing champion. How'd that happen? Well, it, like I said, I was I. It was funny because again, I was not very confident, and and I was teaching fitness, and then someone said, "Well, you're a kickboxer." Like, uh, no. so I started teaching a bit at a time, and before I know it, I was teaching classes, and and uh, and then this guy, this gym owner, said, "Look, he's doing a fundraiser." He said, "Will you go in the ring again?" up against this Muay Thai guy. And I says, I said, well, you know, okay for the club. And then, Oh, by the way, we're going to make it. And we're going to make it a, a, um, a belt match, like a title match. And I thought, Oh crap. So here I am going to university working. And so I just, I was very strategic in my mind. I thought he's going to be fitter than me. He's going to probably um, be working harder. So I started cutting back in the last two weeks. I got as much sleep as I could because I knew I'd have to start re recovering. Eh? Mm -hmm. very, I thought it was very important. Good point. Good point. Yeah. Sleep, for sleep is medicine. It's the missing triangle. So many people forget, you know, sleep, nutrition, exercise. And so that was the thing. And I, I basically took it. I knew what he was going to do. I hoped I knew what he was doing. But so I just took it to him right very aggressively. Cause they usually feel each other out, kick your leg. You know, there's a whole strategy. And I, I thought I'm going to do something different. So every round I did something different. And by round four, I was kind of losing gas and they, they were taking my, my mouth guard out and they put it in the water and they couldn't find it. <laughs> I says, give me the mouth guard. It's like, I remember arguing with, with my, my corner there. 
And that was the point where I just waited for him because I'm, I'm getting gas now. So I just counterpunched and I counterpunched. But he, I had a whole bag of tricks that he never said. And I also, over the years, was actually going up against some much tougher guys, I think, than he had because guys I trained with provincial, like state champions, uh, they end up going, a couple of guys end up going to movies and that. But so I had a few things up my sleeve. The final round, I'm there, just sucking wind. I thought, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this last round. And 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 who is it? Uh, Bill tells me, you going back in? I go, no, f you. I'm not. It's done. And he goes, no, no, you got to do a final round, man. And I go, no, that was it. And he goes, no, yet. And I go, okay, give it to me. I'm gonna do this guy. And I get up, and the towel comes across the ring, and they had thrown the towel in. Okay, literally through the towel, and I go, okay, all right. And so I just kept my cool, got the belt, you know, you know, did whatever, and then I made it back to my hotel room and just shut her down for a while. But uh, there was no, there was no rematch, no more getting in the ring after that. Oh no, they they tried a bit, I, and I ran into him at school, and I said, you know, you got you got a you've got a future ahead of you. It's like don't. You know, like I said, you know, I'm not afraid of you, but I said, you know, you just, you get rocked really hard. You're going to have a hard time with your career. And, and later on, he kind of, he walked up and he just kind of was friendly, but uh, yeah, they were pushing people were already, they wanted to rematch. They wanted to see me go at it again. I don't know. It was, it would have been fine, but it was the wrong reason. The wrong reason. I didn't want to pound on anyone. I just wanted to <clears throat> compete and show I could do it. And, and yeah, that's really people, awesome, man. So yeah. um, it seems like your whole life has been, it's like every adversity just keeps making you stronger and stronger and stronger. Exactly. Thank you. You know, yeah. and I, I found that with a lot of things, like you said, and why, why we call it resistance training when you lift weights, you got to have that resistance. Because mm -hmm. I know if you've you ever been in the gym, this is a little off subject, but I've seen the same people for two years and they're doing the treadmill at the same pace as same monotonous routine and i notice they don't get any better they really never step it up yeah well i think a lot of that's just because people don't understand how adaptive the body is right the yeah. body kind of it can it's amazing like it's amazing how it can adapt not just to you know stresses to build it stronger but we can also get very tolerable and adapt to feeling like crap and realize and coming to the conclusion that's like this is how life is mm. like i'm just an overweight person i'm a person with low energy i can't do this i don't have the confidence i could never get the girl i can't get the guy or whatever right you know i'm never going to have children people start we just get into these ruts and then they get stuck there emotionally physically spiritually you know what people don't realize is like dr shiva said is he learned through meditation um, and his yoga practice from like 12 to 16, that everybody is like a nuclear bomb. Like we have so much potential. Like we, we can pretty much do anything that we want, anything. And the only thing that's stopping us from that is our self, our own self-limiting beliefs. That's it. Like, you know, cause I mean, I was, I was fit. I, I played, you know, I played college baseball. I was up in the mountains. I was hunting and fishing all the time, hunting, like, Nobody could keep up with me in the woods. Except my, oh, maybe my buddy Sean Rohan could, but that was about it. Like, come to packing out deer and elk and doing that kind of crazy wow. stuff down these hills. It was like, 
no problem. I was a, a freaking machine. Well, you know, I started, you know, getting older and then I, you know, kind of bought into that whole thing and I got overweight, lost, lost everything, lost all my, you know, my, my sleep wasn't good. I, I wasn't, had low yeah. energy. I had psoriasis, eczema. I was uh, acid reflux. I bleeding rectally. I had a lot of problems. You didn't know all this stuff. I didn't tell you, but yeah, anyway, I, had a lot of I relate to that. Yep. Yeah. So complete mess at age 37. And then my friend Charles gets cancer. And then we go to the Hippocrates Health Institute. And we learn all about detox and nutrition and living foods, and sprouts and all these things. And we started doing all this stuff, fresh water and fresh is best. And we started doing it. And about two and about two years into that, Charles says, Hey, I want to run a marathon. See, his sister was a marathon runner. She ran all over the place, been the Boston Marathon, all these places, right? Wow. And um, he's like, Yeah, I want to run a marathon. And he technically wasn't completely cured of his cancer yet. He still, his white blood cell count was still a little high, but he felt great because he had changed his lifestyle. He had a lifestyle that was actually healing him every single day. Right. And so he's like, Hey, I want you to run this marathon with me. Now, I'd went with him to Hippocrates and I changed my whole lifestyle with him to support him. But I'm just like, how far is that? And he's like 26.2 miles. Well, see, what had happened was, is like the old Tim, you know, growing up, the hunting, fishing guy, I would have said, sure, whatever, I can do anything. But I still, even though I was getting, I was super, I mean, dude, I completely transformed my health, like completely within like 60 days, my whole body would completely, almost completely healed up. It was ridiculous. It took about eight months for that big patch of eczema to be gone. But like, I felt amazing like my mental clarity and everything. And every day I was learning new things and I was just excited about life. I was excited about nutrition, yeah, excited yeah. about water, I was excited, yeah. about I was excited about all this stuff. And I kept learning all these things. And then, and then I was just like, but, but 26.2 miles, I was still going back to that old thought processes of, I can't, I can't, I'm, I'm old yeah, and slow yeah. now. Nah, nah, it's hard scrap. Right. So then he, he, he starts training for the marathon. Uh, Cause I said, yeah, dude, I'm not going to do that. And then in the back of my mind, my dad was like, do it, finish what you start, finish what you start. And I was like, oh, and I just, I called him up. I'm like, are you still going to do that marathon thing? He's like, oh yeah, we have training tomorrow. I was like, I was like well, I decided I'm going to, I'm going to do it with you. I'm going to train with you. He's like, oh nice. man, that's awesome. He goes, cause it's pretty boring. All we do is run <laughs> That's it. the train because you're running for a marathon. So he goes, come on over tomorrow. And I think they were doing four miles. So or something like that on. Yeah, I think it was, was it Saturday? Yeah, he said they were going to run four miles on Saturday. So Monday, I went to the gym, and I ran one mile on the treadmill. And the next day, I ran two. I took Wednesday off, and then I ran, like, three miles on Thursday. I didn't work out on Friday or run on Friday, and then I ran the four miles with him on, on Saturday. And then we just built our way back up over, you know, whatever, April, May, June, July, August, September, October. And then, uh, then that's when in October, we, we ran the 2012 Portland marathon and finished right beside each other. Oh, nice. And that was kind of the culmination of like him and I, this, this, this guy's journey, like two guys that went together to help heal him of his cancer. And like in the process, I healed myself and not just the physical stuff, but the emotional, spiritual stuff that I was able to then allow that stuff to come up and detox through, you know, crying and that kind of stuff to get these emotional stuff out that was burning me from like a child custody battle and other things like my brother's death. And I, all of a sudden I felt like I was floating around on a magic carpet and felt real, real, real good. So anyway, um, man, it's, uh, I can really relate, uh, to your story and, you know, and there you go, you ran five full marathons and climbed Mount Rainier. Right. Yeah. And I know the books that you wrote too. Um, you wrote a few books, uh, a couple books and, um, that's like running a marathon, writing a book. 
It's not oh, easy. Yeah. yeah. It's not easy. I do a lot of ebooks and stuff. So, okay. Well, um, I think we'll take a quick break now. And then we come back. We're going to get into uh, the main topic here. But we really wanted to set you guys up with like Doug's background um, because I think it was really important to understand that it doesn't matter where you're at mentally. Like if you're young and you're feeling weak or put down or bullied, um, or if you're older, like Doug's whole story crushes all that because he's overcome all of that, you know, kickboxing champion, age 40, he overcome the beat up the skinny guy thing when he was little. And now here he's 63 and he's driving railroad ties like John Henry. <laughs> and not too sore the next day. So we'll take a quick break and we get back. We're going to show you how simple it is to turn your life around in any situation. We'll be right back. Turmeric has been used for thousands of years all across India and Southeast Asia and is one of the best anti-inflammatory compounds on earth. Now you can get these incredible benefits with the new chemical-free body Turmeric 100 liquid drops. This ethically sourced breakthrough solution absorbs over 100 times better than regular turmeric products, eliminating the need to add black pepper. Turmeric 100 helps against inflammation and pain and is made with the same chemical-free body promise. No stimulants, 100% natural, and always made in the USA. Get yours today at chemicalfreebody.com. What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here. I am back with our guest, Doug Setter. And Doug is a certified fitness instructor and a whole lot of other stuff. I read his accolades off already. But more importantly, he is a, just an average working class guy like myself that um, decided that he wanted more out of life and, and made it happen. And it doesn't matter what age. You just keep doing amazing things. We just talked about that before the break. You know, so... What now let's get into this because I believe this is why I had you on the show, the secret sauce. So when somebody says like they, they finally hit rock bottom with a relationship and they want to make a change or they hit rock bottom with their health and they want to make it change. What is it? What is the, what is the, and I'm going to see if, what, how should they start? Because it's starting. That's the most important thing. Yeah. And, and we'll get into what's holding people back and why they don't start, but <laughs> Why do you think, why do you think people don't get started? And then how, how do they get started? I'd say it's fear and procrastination, the biggest thing. And how to get started is, is get the habits. It's the habits that will carry you through. The habits will carry you through when things are hard, when you're tired, you're cold, uh, life is grinding you down. It's the habits. And that's what differentiates people who succeed in certain things and who don't it. And, we always get into this all or nothing attitude. I've noticed that with writing. I've noticed that with running and working out. They say, well, what I wrote, it either brings the whole, you know, the bestseller list, either top the bestseller list and bring the whole literary world to his knees or you're a complete bum. You know, you're either a super athlete you're a, or you're a un, unfit slob. And there's, I notice that talking to people, they have this all or nothing attitude. And as far as I'm concerned, that's just another uh, type of procrastination. To, to get started is there's a 10 second rule, which I think is awesome. The five minute rule and then the micro, micro workouts. Nothing, we, nothing can stop you from doing one push up. Yep. Okay. That's, I, that's, when you said that, that <laughs> when, we, when we started talking about this yesterday, that's when I'm like, I'm going to have this guy on because like when I coach people, it's that's a huge philosophy that I've learned, which is like, well, you know, I've never the reason why people don't get started is because you're like, oh, you think getting fit's going to require getting up early 
and you don't want to get up early and then you have to go to the gym. You don't want to drive to the gym in the dark and then you don't want to work out and sweat because it's a lot of effort and you have to be there for two hours and you got to come back and you get it. And then you're going to be sore and tired the next day. Then you're going to get up and it's going to get worse. And you know, there's going to be like two, three weeks there where you're going to be really stiff and sore. So you never begin. And then you sit there and wish I would have, wish I could have. And then you live a life that's of not even a, sh a shadow of what it could be. And it's not just the exercise. I'm just using this as a, as a point. Yeah. So what we, you know, when we have people, when we're coaching people and they start asking, what do I eat? And what do I, how do I work out? I'm like, um, we're not going to do anything with your diet yet. We're not going to do any workouts. You don't even have the foundation in place yet. And they're like, huh? And then they get, they get kind of excited because they're like, oh, I don't have to like change everything. It's like, no, we're going to get you drinking lots of water and making sure the water is good and it's clean and restructured if you're on city water. And we're going to get you to start focusing on chewing your food well. Yep. Very important. And we're going to have you avoid liquids with meals. Yep. So we don't dilute those digestive enzymes. Yep. Get good digestion absorption. And we're going to have you do some breath work before you eat. Like this is to calm nice. and put yourself into rest and digest mode. And then and we teach people meditation and we teach them breath work techniques to reduce stress yep. because everybody's yep. stressed out today. This is the foundation. These things are foundation. Getting your cracking your windows at night, think and getting clean air. Think about it. You take twenty thousand breaths a day, right? So these are the things, right? But then eventually you're going to get to the point where you need to move that body because movement is important. If you don't move your arm, like if you put your arm in a sling, what happens? It atrophies, it loses its muscle, and if eventually it fall off your body because you're not using it. If you don't use it, you lose it, right? So, but duck. Doug, everybody thinks that it has to be this big, huge, audacious, I got to do all this stuff. So what I liked about your approach, which is similar to mine, is like, I want you to do one push-up. And then people laugh. Ah, one push-up, that's ridiculous. Like, well, can you do one push-up every day, though? Well, yeah, I can do that. That's it. That's it. Because now they believe they can do it. And what, what, what have your experience been when you've told people you need to do one push-up or walk around the block? What do they end up doing? Oh, they, they say, oh, that's, that's not going to do any, any, any benefit at all, often. But sometimes they, sometime they challenge it. But once they do the one push-up, well, I can do two. I can do three. I can do four. Or they'll, I say, did you walk around the block? Oh, no, I went, I went up and down the hill. And I go, okay, let's ease into it. But they're often, once they do it, get in motion. They, they go beyond that. It's hilarious. It's amazing. It's awesome. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. yeah. It's like building a muscle, right? It's the same thing. Or just like training for a marathon. You don't just go, hey, like Charles was like, hey, let's go run a marathon tomorrow. If we would have waited and then October nah. 12th or whatever, <laughs> you know, we would probably have nah. gassed out at mile 10 and that had been in or something. But we had yeah. to start at four miles or I started at a mile and then four <clears> and then six and then 12 and back and forth. And you work your way up until... You know, we were running 18s, 20s, and 22s before we did the 26-mile deal training. Nice. And then it was a system. There's, a, there's actually a training system for running marathons. We worked with the <laughs> Lymphoma Leukemia Society and did that. Oh, okay. So it, it was a system. It was really cool, too, because they had volunteers out there, and they had the routes marked out, and they had booths along the way to give you water and stuff. It was almost like you were – every day you were like a mini little marathon, or, you know, twice a week because we did – track training on Wednesdays and then yeah, yeah. We did our long, our, our long thing. And they had us running different routes all over town. So they did all, all the, you know, set up the structure and then yep. they made it very easy for us to follow that structure. And it was really yeah. cool. Lots of support. Go, go, go. And you're like, okay, here I go. And then you go a couple of miles or something. Here's some water, you know, good job. It was very, very good system. 
Oh, it, it's, it gives you a lot. It's funny because I remember running the marathon in, in Manitoba, which is just, just north of um, North Dakota, and it gets hot. You can see the, the sweat turning into to salt on your skin. And but it was awesome when you come around the corner and there's this crowd cheering you on and you mm -hmm. get this, this amazing boost all of a sudden. And then I get that lonely stretch. No one's around. Of course, my tongue's hanging out and I'm flopping around like a spaz, but, but uh, yeah. no, you're right. It's something, the spirit, man, the spirit will hold you through sometimes. It's great. Yeah. Frequency. Yep. So the big takeaway guys is really in, you were probably thinking it was going to be some super complex thing because everybody thinks that everything has to be so damn complex for it to work. And that is the exact opposite of reality. It really is. Um, even Richard Branson, the guy that owns Virgin Airlines billionaire, said that um, the businesses of the future are going to take the complex and make it simple. And that's it. You have to get nature is really simple. It works really well. and You just have to plug back into it. So our message today is Doug's and I's message. The reason I had him on here. It's baby steps. It's the habit. The habit is more important than the amount. It's not about, you know, oh, yeah, I need to go work out for two hours in the gym. No, you just need to get to the gym. Yeah. Or if you don't want to wear a mask and go to the gym, then you just need to get on the floor and do one push-up. But you need to do it every single day. That's the key. And make it a what? A habit. It's got to become a habit because once those habits get ingrained in you, they're, they're actually hard to break. People have habits right now. So what are the habit? What are the self-limiting habits that you see people in your, your coaching practice, your fitness instructing classes and stuff like that, that they start off with that they break? Oh, the, the habits. Yeah. They, they, uh, they had a lot of fallacies. They say, well, I don't want to lose weight because um, models are anorexic. No, no, no. We're not asking you to be a model. We're not asking. We just I want you working out to be healthy. And and they had this a lot of self-limiting, like you mentioned. They said, "I can't, I can't." And I hear this all the time. And so, this one lady, she had she had an operation, and she's in my stomach flattening class. Like, well, I'll tell you what, Charmaine, come on to the class. Just sit there and watch us. And she's, well, I can't participate. Says, it's okay. I know who you are. Just come on in. So after about three weeks, she would come and do the warm up with us. And then she would do the warm up, and then the last five minutes at the end. And then, but she liked the social aspect. And but after eight weeks, she says, "Well, and then she, I might just come for the next one." And she did. She she came back, started slow, and she was. But just showing up, like you said, show up. That's. I remember one time on my birthday, this kind of. Uh, I was fifty-five, divorced. I'm thinking, you know, I've never really met a woman in the bar right off the get-go. So I said, screw it, put on best clothes. And I just told myself, I'm going in there, best looking gal there. I'm gonna, and I did, I said, I don't care. If anyone got a problem with me, I'll knock. I just was in this mindset, eh? And I said, I'm gonna do it. <clears throat> so I walked in, had a cider, looked around and I just said, don't hesitate. Don't hesitate. I walked over, excuse me, blah, blah, blah. And sure enough, got her phone number, met her later on. But I just remember having that. I said, you know what? My whole life, I've never really done something that bold. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and why the heck not you know and so i i like these all these little things you don't have to be like the olympic athlete right away you just go in and and so what if you jam you don't you don't run the marathon at least you did you did all these other things that are are getting you somewhere uh i i had a, I had a client i tell her she lost 250 pounds I showed her dumbbells. She lost 50 pounds. I see that. I got, and then she dumped the other 200 pounds of overbearing boyfriend. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause she, yeah. and then she, and we always, we'd go to different gyms all the time, 
and she had all this free parking all over the city. And I said, what's up? She's all, oh, uh, uh, and she was dating all these guys who give her free parking all over the city. And so I, I just, <laughs> it was awesome, you know, and see stuff like that. But she, she's very, very hesitant at first, very lack the confidence. I said, no, no, we're just going to do a bit. We'll do this, this. And before you know it, we're doing, I take her on these hikes sometime, just whatever. There's a, a client thing. They end up being friends and you do, you work out with them anyway. So it was really cool. That's awesome. I've never heard yeah. anybody say she had a client lose 250 pounds, 50 pounds of fat and 200 pounds of boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, I, I tell her that, eh? Because she awesome. did, because her confidence just boosted. And I had another gal who was nice looking gal, but and she was in the stomach flattening class. And then next thing you know, she just started losing, just dropping them. And then she became a Pilates instructor. I mean, she was really good looking when she was done, but she just had to suddenly she just mindset changing. And I gave her this uh, high protein diet, whatever. I said, well, you got to follow this. You know, call that you got to do this, this, this. And then she started doing it and she just started getting fitter and fitter. She says, that's it. I'm quit my job. I dropped my boyfriend. I'm doing this. I'm doing that because I can. And I thought that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. It is. Yeah. But well, it just goes to show like our motto over here is change yourself, change your world. You've definitely been uh, an example of that for for your I mean, you just change you change yourself. You change entirely how your 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 whole world is and you've helped so many other people inspire them and motivate them to uh go on and be better versions of themselves and i just want to say something it's like you know a lot of this stuff the reason this social conditioning you brought it up earlier you were like the gal's like oh i don't want to do that because i don't want to be an anorexic model and a lot of women will also say stuff like well i don't want to get too big and muscly like don't worry about it. that takes a long time like it's like people that look good are doing weight resistance exercises and then, you know, the guys want to have huge muscles and all this stuff. And it's like, for me, I just want people to be fit. But it's that brainwashing on TV in Hollywood that you have yeah. to look like, you know, uh, uh, you know, Cinderella and the prince. Otherwise, you're a loser. Right? Yeah. And these, these, these expectations are too high. Everybody, I'm, I'm here to tell you, creation does not make mistakes. It doesn't. Are you going to say, are you going to, you, because you were made by creation. So are you going to go against creation and say creation made a mistake? I don't think so. So if you are here, you are here for a reason. And that reason is to grow and expand and contribute. And you have a purpose. Um, otherwise, all that is wouldn't be all that is without you. So, I mean, if you just look at it from a logical standpoint, you're supposed to be here. There's a purpose for you. What is it? And if you haven't uncovered it yet, why not? You know, so I um, want to thank you, Doug, for coming on. I appreciate you sharing your stories. Um, I've learned a couple things. Um, I'm really excited. Um, I get more excited and motivated when I get around other people that are actually taking action, making change, helping other people. It's really cool. And you don't have to run out and, and, you know, run five marathons and write books and do what Doug's doing. It might be just, you get fit so that you can feel better and you can raise your family and you're a good example to your children, or maybe you're a good example to your spouse. And then, you know, through you changing yourself, they change and maybe you save your spouse from a heart attack or cancer, right? But if they don't want to change, that's the gift. You give them the gift. You give them the gift. You change. You do it your thing. There's the gift. Here's the example. It's up to them to pick it up and run with it. It's not your job to push it or force it on anybody. You just need to be an example. And that's that's what you've been doing, Doug, and you've done it so well your whole life. And um, I'm glad that you were able to come on the show and share this message. So 
for those listening, Doug, would you like to give them one last um, word of advice before we part ways? Oh, geez. Um, you know what? Believe in yourself. Really take, take, take down what's in your, what you want to do. And you'd be surprised what happens. Yeah. If that makes sense. I'm serious. I, I was told that, you know, couldn't do this, couldn't do that. Who are you? And I just, no, you know, you, when you feel something worthy, do it. Uh, just yeah. little steps at a time. You're going to get old anyway. <laughs> do it. <laughs> yeah, enjoy it. Yeah. And I always say like, if you're, if you're kind of bummed out, if you're depressed and that kind of stuff, the best way to hop out of that depression is go help somebody. Thank help you. An old lady across the street. Yep. Yeah. some groceries, mow the lawn, shovel a driveway, call somebody up and say hello. Um, and just do, do kind things for other people. And you'd be surprised how that changes your frequency. Just like when Doug came around the corner in his marathon, those people were cheering. It lifted him up. You go out and help other people. Nothing's going to lift you up faster, create more frequency than that and being grateful Two powerful, powerful emotions. So, all right. Um, Doug, thank you so much. And for those of you listening around the world, we thank you so much. Um, if you like this podcast, please hit the subscribe button and, and please share this episode if it resonated with you. I hope that you take to heart the message today, which is that things don't need to be complex. They're simple. Start small. It's the habit that's more important than the amount. Start with one push-up. walk to your mailbox, walk around the block, start drinking water every day, doing the basics and getting those down, building that foundation so that you can build your house, which is going to be the house that you're going to live in for the rest of your life, experiencing all that is good in this life that we're living. So until next time, change yourself, change your world, and we'll see you again soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening again to the Health Hero Show. I'm your host, Tim James. And remember, change yourself, change your world, and we'll see you again on the next episode. Talk to you soon. You have just listened to The Health Hero Show with Tim James. <laughs>